This is from the Shobogenzo. Dogen Shobogenzo. About Ango. When an Ango begins, it is filling all space without excluding anything in all the ten quarters. And when it ends, it has gone, having torn apart the whole universe until not an inch of ground remains. For this reason, when the Ango began, it resembles your giving rise to your spiritual question. And when it comes to an end, it resembles your having torn apart the nets and cages of your delusions. Even though this is how it was, there are some of you who may well have personally experienced it as hindering you from beginning to end. Ordinary folks as well as the saintly treat Ango as a comfortable cave for them to reside in. But these 90 days go far, far beyond the realm of the ordinary and the saintly. These 90 days cannot be reached by thinking about them, nor can they be reached by not thinking about them, nor are they simply something that is unreachable by thinking about or not thinking about them. So, next Sunday, we will enter the three months of our fall Ango training period. And this morning, I would like to speak a little bit about Ango, and we're going to hold a discussion afterwards for the purpose of clarifying the point of such a training period and talk about how we work with it in a conducive and sustained way. As most of you know, our Ango tradition dates back to the time of Shakyamuni Buddha before the establishment of training centers and monasteries. Practitioners at that time were traveling nomads and being concerned for their safety during the monsoon periods, the Buddha instructed them to stay in one place and use that time to deepen their practice. As it happens to be these days, we are also dealing with a force of nature that restricts our movement. We are also unable to function as usual. And like all past practitioners who came before us, we are also facing the physical, psychological and emotional challenges of everyday life. I experience the result of not dealing with life skillfully and end up creating conflict and causing harm to others and to our environment. In Pali, the word good is kusala, which means skillful. And the word evil is akusala, which means unskillful, which is a very different way than our Western way of understanding good and evil, which naturally tends to vilify or praise others or ourselves in a fixed way. On the other hand, skillful and unskillful are the same as wholesome and unwholesome, which suggests the potential for both and the possibility for change. But to bring this potential to fruition, we need to choose to raise intent and sustained efforts. So during an ango, we choose, underline choose, 
to intensify our practice so we can see more clearly where and how we act in unskillful and unwholesome ways and muster up the courage to not obey these old habits and act in ways that are more skillful and wholesome in nature. As in intensive practice during Zazenkai and Sashin's, Ango is also a time of taking up voluntary restrictions by choice for the purpose of reining in the power of habitual consciousness and liberating what is inherently true and wholesome in each of us. And so as we enter Ango, we raise deliberate intentions to work on dissolving stuckness on a personal level and also collectively as a Sangha. The question is, how do we sustain the intentions over a period of three months in a way that fuels corresponding actions? There will be times when you will lose the momentum. There will be times that what is right, what is the right thing to do, will feel wrong. And what is the wrong thing to do will feel right. So how do we, how will we meet and move through such moments is directly connected to the degree to which we honor and respect our initial intentions. So for example, if you decide to wake up early to join morning zazen online, it is crucial that at the moment the alarm goes off, you choose to honor your initial decision to get up rather than throw the intention out the window and gravitate towards the tempting option of staying in the warm bed. So, in other words, we don't ask the question again and again. As we enter Ango, we clarify what we choose to do and we leave that alone rather than examine it at the time we feel tired, we feel hungry, we feel like we lost the momentum. These are not good times to ask questions. These are good times to remind ourselves what we have taken on, what we have chosen, right? Because it is voluntary. From the beginning to end, it is voluntary. So throughout the angle, we may experience doubts about our original intentions. And we may feel that what we have taken on is too much or think that we are no longer up for the task of maintaining the commitments. And if we fixate on such thoughts and give them validity and credence, they will pick up strength and they will erode our resolve. One of the most important aspects of Zazen is witnessing how thoughts come and go and essentially are unsubstantiated. And so equipped with this observation, we learn to not take our thoughts and emotions so seriously. And Ango is a time of seclusion and deep observation. But given the fact that we must stay fully engaged with our daily responsibilities, it may seem impossible to undertake such a training period. So the question is, how do we understand seclusion? Are the many responsibilities of life circumstances pose a hindrance for the practice of seclusion and deep observation? Does everyday life preclude me from fully engaging in ango 
Or is it possible, or is there a possibility that what I consider a barrier in my practice is in fact a great opportunity for creating transformative anger experience? All of it, everything that's going on in my life, is it possible that all of it is nothing but an opportunity? When the Buddha was getting ready to lead a 90-day retreat, he spoke to Ananda, his cousin and attendant, and he said, If I am continually giving expression to the Dharma, my senior disciples, as well as male and female monastics and male and female lay practitioners, will not give rise to respect for it. So I am now going to enter the cave and sit for the 90 days. When people suddenly show up and ask for teachings, say to them on my behalf, all thoughts and things are beyond arising, and all thoughts and things are beyond decay. Having spoken thus, he concealed himself within the cave and sat in meditation. Now Dogen commented on this and said, Many of the Buddha's descendants, who did not have entry to the private quarters of their master, would see the Buddha sequestering himself as a form of expressing the Dharma without using words or stepping out of everyday mundane activities. That wrong-minded bunch today merely think. The Buddha went into the cave and to meditate, to meditate because using words to express is, it is not completely the truth but is merely a virtuous expedient means. To reach the truth, one cuts himself off from using spoken words and lets the, lets the intellect, the intellective beyond, sorry, let the intellect go beyond what reaches the truth, since having words and having thoughts is entirely different from the truth. This is why the Buddha cut himself off from human things during the 19th summer days that he sat within the cave. What these folks are saying runs counter to the world-honored one's intention as a Buddha. If such people are going to say that his intention was to cut off speech and let their mind's function die out, then all productive human activities and undertakings would involve cutting off speech and letting the mind's function die out. To speak of cutting off speech means all speech. And to speak of letting the mind's function die out means all functions of the mind. And what is more, this account, this account about him was never given for the sake of esteeming the essence of words. In all earnestness, he dragged his whole being through the mud and water and went amidst the weeds that had sprouted up, never shrinking from giving voice to the Dharma. He dragged his whole being through the mud and water and went amidst the weeds that have sprouted up. He went to work. He came back. He cooked meals. He paid bills. He dealt with kids. This is him as us. This is us as him. This is none other than seclusion. Or it can be none other than the practice of seclusion. That depends how we understand seclusion. Also, it depends of about, so if we see everything's going on in our lives as, an, as a hindrance, as an obstacle, 
it will be an obstacle. If we understand that it is nothing but a way to practice, or the way we need to practice, there is no hindrance. Whatever we believe, we may believe to be a hindrance, is also giving voice to the Dharma. There is nothing that is not giving voice to the Dharma. And then he said, then Dogen said, if any of the bunch of you who call yourself the Buddha's offsprings were to say that his sitting through the 90 days was advocating silence or retreating from life, then I must say to you, give me back the 90 days that you have spent sitting here. I might say to you, you don't understand how to practice correctly. And the Buddha said, all thoughts and things are beyond arising and all thoughts and things are beyond decay. Of course, except for the, what we give, the validity we give to them, what we make of them. They become what we make of them. So if all thoughts and things do not arise, nor vanish, what is secluding, secluded from? What is it that we are running away from? What is it that we think we need to live behind? How do we create 90 days of intensive training without leaving anything behind? How do we retreat without retreating? The only way to do that is to fully accept equally include everything in our lives and learn to appreciate all circumstances as nothing but manifestations of the Dharma. Aitken Roshi said, distractions or obstructions are just negative terms for your context. Circumstances are like your arms and legs. They appear in your life to serve your practice. As you become more and more settled in your purpose, your circumstances begin to synchronize with your concerns. Chance words by friends, books and poems, even the wind in the trees brings precious insight. So the theme for this Ango is acceptance. And as I mentioned in a recent email, the word acceptance is often misunderstood. It may trigger numerous connotations and personal interpretations, but in connection with our practice, it is alluding to a state of being that is far deeper than initial personal reactivities it stirs up in the mind. While for some, the word acceptance may seem to suggest passivity, indifference, or non-action, the true meaning of it points to a state from which right action and right effort can naturally arise, and it leads to actions that are more conducive for promoting social equality and nonviolence. In terms of Buddhism, acceptance would be akin to right view, which is at the beginning of the Eightfold Path. Being in alignment with right view means seeing all things as interconnected and understanding that nothing has the capacity to exist onto itself as a separate entity, whether it's inanimate object or a being. Interconnectedness also means that we, everyone around us and our environment, are in constant state of interpermeation or penetration, and we greatly affect everything as well as being affected by everything. 
That's not a choice. That's just reality as it is. Even when we resist it, still this is reality as it is. So acceptance begins by observing ourselves, recognizing how we harbor poverty mind and working on developing deep trust in vast and mostly unknown sense of being. As Dogen said, when an ango begins, it is filling all space without excluding anything in all the ten quarters. That means having the courage to fully accept and embrace ourselves just as we are, including all the circumstances in our lives, whether we like them or not, and fully accept and embrace reality just as it is. Shishin Roshi said, In order to grow and develop, we have to face all of life's realities, which means to face ourselves as we are, with all of our so-called imperfections. If we don't look at our imperfections, we'll continue to be a slave to them. Often in meditative practices like Zen, people think they've eliminated negative feelings if they ignore them or spiritual bypassing, we call that. We think we can just act good and the negative parts will go away, but that's not so. Even if you avoid the feelings, they are still there. Using Zazen to cover them up and ignore them is sitting in an ice cave. It is a form of denial. Zazen is not about denial. True peace comes at a price, and the price is no self-pity and no self delusion. The price is letting go of our small grasping self and putting in the time, effort, and perseverance to really see clearly. The price is patience and courage. That's ango. Right? Putting in the time, effort, and perseverance to really see clearly. That is the price. Back to Dogen. When an ango began, <clears throat> it resembles your giving rise to your spiritual question. What is this? Doubt what we trust and trust what we doubt. And when it comes to an end, it resembles your, your, only your, having torn apart the nets and cages of your delusion. An ango is a very unique and precious time that go, goes way beyond our understanding. As Dogen said, ordinary folks, as well as the saintly, treat ango as comfortable cave for them to reside in. But these 90 days go far, far beyond the realm of the ordinary and the saintly. These 90 days cannot be reached by thinking about them, nor they can be reached or understand, understood by not thinking about them. They are simply something that is unreachable by thinking or non-thinking. So, next Sunday, we will hold the entry ceremony. And during that entry ceremony, each one, each person will read the Ango intentions, which you will before that fill out the form and submit. 
So we ask you to keep a copy of that so you can read it out in front of everybody. And then at the end, we are all going to stand up and make three prostrations to seal our commitments as we enter Ango. And in this Ango, we are very fortunate to have three workshops that are going to work to get very well together on the theme of acceptance. The first one will be Pranayama Yoga and Zazen by Myoho. The second one will be Acceptance Through Listening by Kyotai Sekyoko and Erika. And the third will be Zen Art and Poetry led by Daibo. And uh, I would like uh, the three of you, or yeah, so the leaders of each of the workshops to, to speak a little bit about the workshop. And then we will open it up uh, to discuss Ango in general and uh, take questions, all right? So how about uh, Myoho first as the head trainee? Hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> so the Pranayama Yoga and Zazen workshop it's going to be an hour long. We're going to meet every Saturday from 9 to 10 um, via Google Hangouts. And I'll be just simply doing some pranayama that is going to help us to move the energy and kind of like help the um, energy flow through the body and block things that are there that, you know, we kind of hold on to without knowing unconsciously. So the pranayama helps a lot. So I'm going to be giving you some sources and, and instruct you and even send you emails about it. So if you're not familiar with what is pranayama, which is conscious breathing, I will, you know, I will send you things that you can become more aware of what it is. And then we're going to practice on Saturdays. So we're going to do a 10 minute pranayama and then followed by 20 minutes of yoga, which will be stretches that are going to help with our postures when we sit in Zazen. Um, working with every part of our bodies, kind of like a full body gentle stretch before the sitting. And then we're going to end with 30 minutes of Zazen and see how we feel. So that's going to help because most of us, you know, sitting sometimes is not easy posture, get on the way and, and even breathing sometimes um, doesn't feel right. Or we feel like we're holding on to things that we don't want to let go. So the purpose of that is, is, to unblock or let go of things, but first accepting and meeting them where they are. So I think with the practice of yoga, that's basically what it is. We learn how to listen to our bodies and see it, you know? So we're going to do it gradually. We start the first Saturday is gonna be very simple and then we're gonna be deepening um, the, the practice, um, pra doing different, different type of movements and breathing techniques. So for those who cannot do it on Saturday, I'm trying to figure out a way to uh, record that as I'm doing it in case you guys maybe cannot do it off, um, that Saturday at that time, but then you have access to it and practice it at any time in your home. So I'm, I'm going to try to do that. I'm still working on how, um, but I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> so I really hope that you guys can join. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Kyotai, are you the representative of, from the three? 
Yes, I'll be the representative this morning. Um, good morning, everybody. Um, Segyoku, Erica, and I have put together a, an acceptance through listening workshop. Um, we came up with this idea in response to some of the discussions we were having in regards to racism. We wanted to put together a few resources um, to help us really kind of embrace reality as it is, meet it with compassion, um, and be able to affect some kind of change through deep listening. Um, so our workshop is going to be uh, every other Wednesday during ANGO. It will start on September 30th. Um, Gordon and Erica will be hosting Zazen prior, uh, 7 to 7.30, which will be nice if you could join that. And then the workshop will be 7.45 to 8.45. Um, alternate weeks, actually, um, Daibo will be offering his Zen art and poetry. So if you have room for this in your schedule, both of those could kind of work nice together. Um, each week, we're going to send an email prior and it'll have all the information you'll need for the upcoming topics. Uh, there'll be some information, there'll be some prompts of things to start considering. Um, and then during the meeting, we're gonna have, uh, give each person an opportunity to discuss the exercises, what they experienced, uh, where they are with it. Um, and then we'll talk about the information that was in the email and bring up an exercise to dig a little bit deeper into that information for the next week. Um, in addition to all of this, there'll be a discussion forum. So any ongoing conversation or something that uh, came up that you wanna want to discuss, um, you can put there. Um, all of our resources and information will also be on the forum. Um, it's really gonna be about um, listening deeply, listening intently um, from a sacred place. When we're responding to people, it's really important to think about where we're responding from. So we're gonna try to take a step back and really listen with intent. And we're using um, Pema Chodron's seven stages of developing compassion as kind of a guideline. So we're gonna be starting with first listening to ourself, um, really intently, deeply listening to ourself. Then we'll expand out to uh, someone that we love, a neutral person, a challenging person, uh, listening to all of these people at the same time. And then the last session is arriving at no separation between self and other as we're listening. Um, there's a, a book by Mark Nebo. It's called 7,000 Ways to Listen, Staying Close to What's Sacred. Um, and I really like one of the quotes from the book and it sums up pretty well what we're doing. So I'll take a second to read that. Uh, For something deep was calling, drawing me to explore different ways of being. Life was offering me a chance to realign myself with the world. When I say something deep was calling, I'm referring to that element that lives in our center, which overlaps with the essence of life itself. Like an inner sun, this common center may be our greatest teacher. It shows us a way forward by warming our heart despite our fears. The question under all of this, how do we listen to and stay in conversation with all that's beyond our awareness? Many aspects of living continually, continually bring us into this conversation, curiosity, pain, wonder, loss, beauty, truth, confusion, and a fresh experience to name a few. The way we think 
and feel and sense our way into all we don't know is the art of intuition. It's the art of discovery. So as we begin to listen deeply and realign with the world, um, expand our circle of compassion, our question is going to be, are we expanding in a way that we're including everything? Are we making the space to include everything? Um, so in that way, we're hoping that we're able to respond more appropriately uh, to ourselves and to the world when difficult situations arise. Um, anyone have any questions? Let's let's have Daibo speak and then open it up after that for questions either about Ango or to or either about uh, one of the workshops. Okay, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, so the the Zen Art and Poetry Workshop is a uh, a study in the art of seeing and seeing meaning in its broadest sense using your intellect and emotions to encounter the outside world. Um, we'll primarily be focusing um, on the, the Zen practice of merging. Um, you know, we'll start with a series of exercises where we begin with trying to, to explore our why, why, why we practice, why do we do this? Um, and with the help of Dilgan Zenji, we'll explore that concept. Then we'll move into a series of um, expanding merging exercises. First, we'll, we'll sense nature using all of our perceptual apparatus to understand nature. Um, and then we'll go deeper into merging with specific objects in nature. Um, and then taking that further into our lives, we're flowing with individual activities in our lives and then blending our internal and external narratives that we have. And then finally, um, getting to the point where we can actually authentically and appropriately manifest a provisional self into our own lives and merge with the current circumstances that we're experiencing uh, individually and together as a Sangha. Um, the reason why it's called Zen Art and Poetry is because we're using artistic media as the form of expression. Um, as you all know, with Zen, it can become very intellectual, it can become very heady, and words can become just perceptual, habitual expressions where we're not deliberately thinking about what we're saying, we're just kind of saying it, right? So by taking it out of the intellectual realm and having to actually express it in an artistic medium, um, it, it, it sort of breaks that habitual uh, cycle of talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. So, um, the artistic media that we use is really anything that you want to use. You know, it can be words, it can be poetry, it can be photography, film, art, dance, singing, movement, anything, yoga, um, qigong, anything that you feel um, that you can express yourself. And what we're hoping to achieve at the end of it is that uh, a full embodiment of our experiences um, through our expression. And for those of you that have um, studied koans, you understand that the expression of the koan comes deep from inside and you bring it out, right? It doesn't come from your head and out your mouth. So that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to bring our Zen practice out through a full body experience 
um, using artistic media of your choice. As Kyotai said, we meet on alternative Wednesday nights from 7.45 to 8.45. The, um, the sessions will be an hour long. Uh, there'll be some Zazen before. Uh, Erica and Gordon are hosting Zazen from 7 to 7.30. So if you can do that, it would be great to put you in the, in the right mindset. Um, we won't be critiquing each other's work as much as just experiencing each other's expressions. So those of you who have had any kind of, you know, university training in art or writing know that workshops tend to be critique-based, but that's not what this is. We're just using the art as a medium of expression to, uh, you know, get what we're feeling out there. Um, so that's pretty much it. Each section will be divided into three sections. You know, we'll talk about the last exercise. We'll talk about the current reading, and then we'll talk about the current exercise. So the, the pedagogy is very sort of linear in that sense. Um, it is a progressive uh, experience of six sessions. But each session stands alone. So if you can't make every session, um, you can do an individual session by yourself. Uh, and it is a standalone exercise where you will be able to experience one level of merging in your own practice. So I hope you can all join. I think it will be very exciting. Thank you. So so uh, what you mentioned as a side note, it's very important to, to note that uh, uh, even if you cannot be there every time and only a couple of times, you can still participate. You can still be a part of it and take advantage of what is being offered. Okay, so keep that in mind. Okay, so uh, first of all, any questions uh, about one of the workshops? Yeah. I have a question. Um for Daibo, yeah. um, you mentioned that there would be readings as a part of the poetry workshop. Oh, are those readings of uh, like our, our stuff or like poets or um, as in like, what will we be reading? Who will we be reading as part of the workshop? Um, most of the readings are, are Zen readings. Like we will, you know, read the Fukin Zazengi by Dogen We'll read some of Dogen's poetry. Uh, we'll read some essays by D.T. Suzuki on, on nature um, and, and Mushin, you know, mind of no mind. Um, we'll read some of Thomas Cleary's entry into the inconceivable about Wallian Buddhism and uh, interconnectivity and unity. Uh, and then we'll read some of Maizumi Roshi's Appreciate Your Life. Um, so the readings are Zen-based readings um, to help you, to give you inspiration for the exercises um, so that you can get to a place where you can use um, some of the Zen concepts to express what it is that you're actually feeling in your merger experiences. Thank you. Thank you. Ari, you had a question, right? Yeah, for Daibo. Yeah. And then Yotai uh, also. Uh, Daibo, you said it will be a full embodiment of our experiences as an expression. So, 
will you give us an experience and then and then ask us to express it through whatever medium so you say a little more about that that comment okay. that you so the way that the the workshop is set up each session will be focusing on a specific type or aspect of merging so for example um there's a the third segment is called zen in nature right where the we'll read a essay by dt suzuki called the role of uh, nature in zen buddhism right it's an excerpt of a lecture he gave at columbia um so we'll read that try to understand the relationship of zen and uh, zen buddhism and nature and then the exercise will be to go out into the world and um, merge with a natural object you know over the course of a two-week period you you know contemplate a natural object try to break down any preconceived notions you have about that object experience it fully in its natural environment and to try to become one with that natural object um, you know, as the poet Basho used to say, is that if you're going to write about a bamboo stalk, learn about a bamboo stalk from a bamboo stalk, right? Don't think what you think a bamboo stalk is, right? So that's the idea. And then the idea would be after a week of contemplating the object in its natural environment, um, express that, express what that merging experience was like for you, you know, in the artistic medium of your choice. Um, and then, um, so that's a relatively a simple one. It's a discrete kind of exercise. But as we move on in the workshop, the, mer the objects of merger will become more and more complex. You know, they'll, they'll start to become ideas. They'll start to become our own ideas. And then in the end, they'll start to become things that are actually in our lives that we need to merge with. And then we'll try to understand the provisional self that we put forth to merge with those objects. You know, how appropriate and authentic was that provisional self? Um, and, uh, you know, where we were hindered and where we were free. Sweet. Okay. Who else? Any other questions? Go ahead. Yes. Um, I have another question for Kyotai this time. I'm curious about the um, structure of the listening workshops, just because I feel like listening is this big topic and I'm wondering about uh, a little bit more specifically how we're going to be working with it. We can't hear you. Sorry, Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so listening is a very broad topic um, and we're gonna be honing in more on the Zen way of listening, not so much with our ears, but with our entire self, um, really trying to fine tune those listening skills um, and bring compassion into it. So um, for example, our first meeting is going to be looking at yourself, listening to yourself. Uh, and we're going to do that through Zazen, uh, which is sitting on the floor, meditating, listening to yourself. Um, so you'll receive some handouts ahead of time that are going to be on 
um, just basic setup, important thing that it, um, to do your posture correctly, the breathing correctly, um, making sure that we're paying attention to those fine details. Um, and if you're working on your breathing or if you're working on colon or you like shikantaza, uh, wherever you are in that, um, just really paying attention to the details, fine tuning that, and then going into the next week, um, really trying to fine tune that every day when you're practicing Zazen. And we'll, there'll be more of a discussion. There'll be a couple of prompt questions of things to start thinking about ways uh, to realize where you are in your listening and how you can fine tune that. Um, and so we'll, we'll have actually a wide range of practitioners that will be able to say uh, where they are in the beginning, where they were in the middle, where they are now. Um, people who are just starting out have a fresh new perspective. So you'll hear from a lot of different people uh, what's been useful for them, uh, what's currently useful for them. Um, and then you'll have that next week to really dig deep into just listening to yourself. Um, and so each week will be structured kind of in that way where we talk a little bit about uh, the material and then we'll have space for everybody to talk about their experience with uh, with what happened the week previous to that. Um, after you have the opportunity to dig into this listening aspect a little bit deeper, um, then you'll come back and, and tell us where you are with it. We'll also be sharing some resources that, um, you know, uh, aren't only Zen based. So we have some resources that come from the nonviolent communication um, uh, learning, I don't know, their, their style of workshops. Um, and there'll be a handful of like readings or, or uh, resources, videos, podcasts, um, that also put things also very much in the context of our daily lives um, as well. Okay, thank you. Okay, who's next? Any other questions, uh, clarifications? Yeah. I just wanted to add uh, one thing to what Erica said. Uh, in the resources, there will also be some videos uh, having to do with people doing um, demonstrations and podcasts about people who are doing extreme listening with um, in very difficult situations, I mean, situations having to do uh, with racism and um, that kind of thing. So, thank you. Um, it kind of you touched on my question, and so we'll use a, some of the NBC. Uh, um, model and so sharing or communicating will be part of it as well is that right yeah uh, so the idea for the workshop is that we're going to be cultivating the listening aspect um, and then you'll be also having the opportunity to share um, what you're experiencing how you're listening um, and there will be opportunity for these continued conversations when you're hearing these podcasts and seeing the response of people um, to start talking about some of these topics in a meaningful way. Um, so 
as you're saying that that's kind of the the goal of the listening deeply is to be able to uh when we're responding come from a place that's of equanimity and compassion um so that's the other aspect of what we're doing but it's mostly going to be focused on uh honing that skill of listening and Okay. Um, and at so, some point, are you breaking up? Um, we also, on the forum, there will be places for discussion there. Um, and also, people can reach out to each other if you want to have further discussion. Right. There will be other opportunities to, to continue. And what we're trying to do today or to continue the conversation, what we're trying to do today is clarify as much as we can before we enter. Of course, many uh, there will be many questions that will only be answered uh, while we are going through the experience or experiences. So there is a point uh, that we have to trust and enter without knowing. So I would encourage you to leave some questions unanswered. See what happens. Uh, any other uh, questions, clarifications, uh, maybe structure-related? Oh, I Logistical. have a question yeah. on the um, activities on Wednesday. Is there going to be uh, like a forum that I can go into? I work Wednesday evenings, so I'm, that is going to be impossible for me to uh, participate in those two. And I would like to try to be a part of it somehow, even if it's not full commitment, but at least listen and maybe I can learn something. Yeah, it will be, it will be shared. It will be shared, they recorded and shared, right? I'm sorry, I cannot hear you. Uh, Great. Thank you, Mejo. Um, for our group, we will have a forum. All the information that we send out in the email will be in that forum. Any discussions will be on the forum. Uh, and we're also planning to record each session so that you can hear what's discussed. Um, if you if you do want to be a part of it, we'll uh, we'll add you to the list so you'll just receive the emails as well. Okay, and it's for Daibos for the uh, Zen art and um, expression. Is that going to be also available in this, the same type of forum? Yes, um, there's a. Um... Under the um, Fall Angle 2020, there's a, um, a topic for the Zen Art and Poetry Workshop. And that's where people will be able to express, will be able to put up their expressions, talk about their experiences. Uh, and all of the, the workbook materials will be on the, uh, on the forum. So you could download the workbook and, and actually see what we're reading and what we're doing. And I'll add you to the list so you're part of the, part of the email chain. Thank you. Will you add me to Dival? Yeah. If anybody wants to do their okay. um, and they haven't sent me their email, you, know, you can just do that. And I will send around an so, so if you uh, if you want to participate, if any of you want to participate uh, in any of the workshops, please reach out directly to one of the workshop leaders. Okay, and then that will just, and they'll add you to the list. 
So, uh, are there any other uh, questions that, uh, technical questions, logistical questions that uh, we can address right now? I was just going to clarify that, like Kyotai said, that there's the discussion forum. So, very specifically, yes, if you cannot come on Wednesday nights, there will be a thread for each week that you can share since everybody will have the opportunity to share. Right. Um, so you're encouraged to share on that platform so that we can all stay connected. Yeah. Okay, good. So let's, uh, let's turn the attention to Ango uh, in general. And if you want to talk specifically about the theme, that's fine. Uh, so some of you have uh, participated in Ango before, some of you have not. Uh, actually, regardless, this is a brand new uh, Ango on, every Ango is brand new, but this one is uh, very different than previous Angos uh, because we are primarily meeting uh, on Zoom, right? And uh, which is a great opportunity, as, as we mentioned before, because uh, the, the monastery and home now are merged. That's the only place to practice. Right, so the monastery is coming home, or home is going to the monastery, right? Which, which, uh, what I mentioned in the, the beginning of the Zazenkai last time is that your this place you call home is no longer what you know it is or what you know it to be. It is brand new. It's different. You've never been here before. You don't know who resides in this place. I would suggest to do the same uh, as you enter Ango. It is, uh, of course, much more challenging to sustain that for three months. So fall down, get up, fall down, get up again and again. When you go back to uh, closing your eyes, open them up, go back to the known, move away from that and uh, enter the unknown again. Uh, you go back to habits, shake it up, tighten it up <clears throat> and, and move away from that and go back to your commitment. So any questions about Ango? Yeah. Uh, not a question. I just wanted to say I, uh, I need to excuse myself. So um, great to see everyone this morning and to see you all soon. Thank you. So what I would, uh, first of all, I encourage everybody to participate in the Ango. Uh, there is nothing, as we mentioned, as I mentioned before, there is nothing that is that should hinder you unless you choose it to be a hindrance. So choose it to not be a hindrance. Choose whatever it is you think is in your way to be an opportunity. Right, the arms and legs of your practice. Use them well, and um, when you choose uh, intentions or commitments, I would uh, encourage you to choose commitments that are realistically, that you are realistically able to maintain over a three months period, right? Um, so choose in a way that makes sense, okay? Uh, you have to consider your schedule and other daily en uh, engagements or activities. Um, another thing that's really important for us to tighten up uh, in general, and I want to use that anger to do that, is be on time. Be on time. It, it is, uh, I think it's more challenging to be on time, which is kind of odd when we are at home, than to get up and get in the car and drive to the Zendo. So being at home, there's so many distractions. There are so many things that we need to take care of. 
wherever we look, there is one, there is another thing to do. So I would, uh, I, I would ask us all to be respectful to each other and to yourself, right? To your own commitments. You decide to be on time. There is a schedule. Respect the schedule. The schedule is not about some kind of an idea or some kind of a, uh, a group thing. It really is about each of us. And it's an op- the schedule is also an opportunity for us to tighten it up, to, to, uh, to clarify things, also to move away from the static noise that seemed to uh, grab us again and again. Right? So to create that clarity, there is a schedule, the static noise or the, the distractions going on in our minds. Allow the schedule to clarify it for you. So when we start at 8.30, for example, log in a few minutes before, not, on, not at 8.30. Give yourself time, right? And the other thing I would encourage everybody to do is to incorporate some of the unstructured zazen. So we, we have unstructured zazen from 8 to 8.30. Use that well. You can make that a part of your commitments. And it doesn't necessarily mean sitting from 8 to 9 straight through. It's unstructured, which means you can sit from 8 to 8.25, get up, move around, get something to drink, come back and sit at 8.30 with everybody. You could use that time well, right? This is unstructured, which means you create the structure. You do whatever you want with it. But definitely do something with it rather than uh, disregard that. It's an opportunity to sit. Another thing I would like us to work on is stillness stillness during your zazen put that on the list work on not moving not scratching not adjusting not messing with the computer none of it again not not because somebody is saying that not because it's written somewhere because you choose to do that because it is called voluntary restriction it is something that we choose to do and since we choose to do it Let's honor our choices. Let's honor our own decisions rather than think that somebody is telling me to do something and I want to fight that, I want to argue with that, and I want to rail against it. It's just us. It's just you. And then take that out of your zazen and bring that single-minded, one-pointed concentration to everything you do. That stillness doesn't mean no movement, by the way. In everyday life, stillness can be found in motion, in movement, as single-minded, one-pointed concentration. Do that. Bring that to every aspect of your life. So, any questions about that, uh, about uh, how to work with Ango, how to sustain it, yeah. Um, we brought up when we spoke last that 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 last box on the form that we can kind of write in anything. Um, I think I found the prompt a little unclear. I don't know if there's any more clarity you could provide on uh, what types of things we could put in that box. Okay. So uh, in the email, the original Ango email, there were suggestions, right? Uh, do you remember at the bottom, uh, for example, uh, move away from consuming so much media or, or internet, right, or computer uh, interaction. Um, another thing could be to spend a little bit more time uh, observing or being, just being, right? That could be another thing you, you can add to that. Um, 
it really is a person. This is a, a place for personal expression, right? And the main question is, what am I attached to? What is hindering me? Uh, what is trapping me? What, where do I need to, well, personally, where do I need to tighten up the slack? Where is the slack in my life? And for some, it may mean uh, resuming and maintaining regular zazen, right? For some, it may mean increasing the time of your zazen, right? For some, it may mean being, uh, you know, using uh, the time well, so being on time, right? And not allowing too much space there, right? So to tighten up the slack. What does that look like for each of us? Right, and, and uh, as I mentioned before, I encourage all of you to reach out. If you're unclear about what you need to work on, I can tell you what you need to work on, if you're willing to listen. I'll be happy to do that. Does that clarify? Okay. Uh, another thing also uh, we mentioned in the email is uh, to create, if you don't have an altar already, to create an altar, a home, right? And to light incense and to practice prostrations if you're not doing that. So, you know, the workshops, what they're going to do is that they're going to, uh, as Daibo mentioned, uh, there will be a Zen-related reading. And what we need to do, and I think it's a great opportunity for that, what we need to do in this time is bring what we call Zen language to what we call everyday language and merge the two. So then Zen language is not something abstract. Zen language is actually reality language, which is referring to everything we engage with on a momentary basis. It's just that it seems intellectually, it seems like something foreign, like something different. It is not different. If you read Zen literature for some time and you practice koans, you work on koans for some, times, for some time, little by little, what we call Zen language is becoming very clearly your everyday language. And it is much easier to understand what it's referring to. So I think that the workshops and the fact that we are practicing at home will help merge those two. Justin, you had a question? Okay. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Golden. Uh, I just wanted to announce, too, that uh, the evening meditation is going to move to 8 p.m. So this week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 8 p.m. Um, and then when we start Ongo, the, um, of course, the one exception will be the Wednesdays with the uh, workshops. Those, then the, the evening meditation is at 7 p.m. Same link, yep. same bat link, same bat, different bat time. Thank you. I have a question. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, what do I need to work on? That's for you and I, one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. I don't mind if everyone does. <laughs> that's not about that, but yes. Uh, so that's where I encourage each of you to reach out to me and I'll tell you, and we can work together on what you need to work on. So, um, you know, entering Ango, it is natural to feel some trepidations. Uh, 
And uh, it's actually good because if we feel some trepidations, it means we are stepping beyond the comfortable and the familiar. If we don't feel any trepidations, look at it again and examine what you choose to commit to. Okay? So, from, uh, if anybody wants to share uh, past experiences from Ango, that would be a good time to do that. Also, what have we learned? What have you learned from past Angos? Maybe Rezant can say a few words about that. You muted, Rezan. You learned to be silent in past angles. Hang on. Go ahead. No, I'm yeah. Well, <clears throat> um, I found Ango to be um, a good exercise in awareness, that it um, gets the habit of awareness um, uh, to be more incorporated into our life because it's a period of heightened intentionality. Um, um, the having a more disciplined practice, again, in the sense of discipline being something that we choose. Um, I was a teacher and I chose the field that I'm teaching and it's called the discipline. Um, so discipline is something that we choose to do. Um, and for that too, to be more um, <clears throat> something that we focus on and begin to see more how it fits into the rest of the life. Um, um, I think the early angos that I did were scary because it sounded like something that was um, almost uh, set up for failure, that it could never somehow be totally accomplished. Um, and so that was another exercise was um, rolling with those punches and um, realizing that it, it wasn't about success or failure. It was about what we were doing during this period. Um, I think that continues to be important. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So yeah, uh, you touched on a couple of things there, right? So yeah, in a minute. This is a couple of things there. So yeah, it is yeah beyond success and failure, right? Just so we are focusing on our ability to stay intently focused, right? And and when we lose that focus, to regain it as quickly as possible. So also you touched on uh, discipline. There is a uh, of course in some of us there is a rebellious mind that wants to just push away or rebel against. Uh, and and it's not a bad thing, actually, if you use it well, right? So we can rebel against habits too, right? Not just against being disciplined, right? And, you know, we, can, we have to change, as we mentioned before, that our understanding of, the wor of words such as discipline, such as commitment, right? It is not to some kind of an institution. It is really to ourselves, to our true nature. So we have to change the language or the way we understand that. So, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, Sagioko, go ahead. Um, I've learned to be careful about 
what I choose for my commitments and not to have too many commitments, um, but to honor what I think is doable right now. And maybe in some cases for me as an umpire to undercommit with the awareness that if I, so for instance, to say, I will sit 30 minutes every day. Whereas in the past, I might have said, I will sit an hour every day when my habit is to sit 30 minutes every day and then feel so bad about not sitting an hour every single day uh, that it would bring me down and make it harder for me to use the on-go to grow. And um, from you, I have learned that it's about making the ongo conducive to the situation right now mm -hmm. and not according to um, some outer idea or uh, taking on everything in my life, outer life that I find to be a problematic hindrance. So for actually uh, the last couple of in Ongoes. I think there were some outer commitments, but the main commitments I had were to examine certain um, inner questions. And uh, so it was something that I was actually interested in and could stay with and carry through. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, thank you. And also you said, you know, so you went from 30 minutes to an hour, right? Which is to double the time. And it's a big jump, right? And uh, that's where we should choose uh, uh, commitments we can sustain for three months. It's not for a couple of days. So, for example, if I sit for 30 minutes, I can increase it to 40 minutes. 40 minutes is a much more doable number from moving from 30, right? So from 30 to an hour, it's a big jump. Uh, the chances are 40 minutes will be easier for me to sustain if I'm, uh, if I'm used to sitting 30 minutes. Right. And it will be conducive because over a three months period, if I sit for 40 minutes, I am going deeper. Mm -hmm. Right. At the beginning, it may be challenging, but then at the end, yes, it becomes much more doable and more at home. So along the lines of realistic uh, expectations or realistic commitments. Thank you. OK, anyone else? Yes. Um, yeah, I would say one of the things that has been important for me with the couple of ongos that I've done is while keeping in mind that, you know, every ongo is the first ongo in a lot of ways, um, seeing the way that all the different focus topics have dovetailed into one another of seeing the, the things that came up when we focus on right effort for one ongo somehow have a half-life <laughs> into the next ongo uh whatever the topic is and into acceptance as well and just kind of keeping in mind the lessons learned in each ongo but not letting them fool you into thinking that you've figured out this topic now <laughs> it's it's more just that it's you know the analogy you use oftentimes of five fingers, one hand, mm -hmm. or uh, however many branches and trees and what we chant in the Sandokai as well. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, 
that's been important for me is to notice things. And I guess this also uh, connects to the listing of ongo commitments and, and what have you is learning your limitations, but also building upon previous ongos and uh, whatnot. Is. It's been helpful for me, for me to orient it and to, to also notice that this isn't like a, a fad diet where after you hold it for three months, you kind of drop everything and return to bad habits and mm. purge it all again at the next ongo. It's, it, while it's demarcated, it still flows throughout the whole year. So yeah. it's something important for me. Thank you. So learning limitations, you said, so learning limitation, understanding where, I, it, it's actually the same as understanding where I need to apply effort. Right, so we all need to apply. The, the, the thing with ango is let's apply effort, let's tighten up the slack. That's for any ango, all ango. The question is how, right? Where do I need to apply some more effort, right? Right effort, and where can I push myself? Where what are the perceived boundaries that I see? Are there really boundaries? Are there really hindrances? Right, so we do need to feel like we are pushing ourselves, but we have to do it with our eyes open uh, in a realistic way. That's it. But definitely, we need to push ourselves. There's no doubt that this is what ango is about. So, any last thoughts, questions, comments? Okay, good. So, Daiki, you want to say a few words before we wrap it up? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I was thinking about what um, what was said about angle commitments, and um, I appreciate what um, Sayuk was saying that the angle commitments need to be something that is achievable. And um, I mean, it's also I was thinking that there is also a property that's important about angle commitments, um, where you can also you know put some commitments that are generic, like uh, I'm gonna work on listening better. Um, those are good as guidelines and they're good as an intent. However, I do think that there is a, a lot of value on trying to make quantifiable um, commitments, um, commitments that are more similar to the city in 30 minutes or to the, you know, quantifiable commitments that are more um, something that you can, uh, that, that, uh, that is easier to, to understand what you're doing, like reading something every day or every week reading a chapter of some book or or um you know paying attention to this on that topic that you you're not paying attention or finish that task that you couldn't finish for some reason um you know those those more um concrete aspects to them to those um uh, commitments are uh, make it something that you can actually engage in a more meaningful manner because sometimes what i notice is that um the commitments are kind of very generic like oh yeah i'm gonna accept i mean the topic is acceptance so yeah i gotta be more accepted you know all right yes but what is that how do you practice that um you know and and sometimes yes i mean you will remember that when you're not being accepting and then you will kind of practice that but you know that is not necessarily how we should try to engage on this so that that has been my learning on on angles on how to express the commitments more definite the more definite i express them the more i think about 
what is that is going on right now that is hard for me to engage? And how do I engage with that? Um, the more I do that, the better the angle uh, works itself. You know, the more clear path or the more clear schedule I have on what I need to do every day. Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing. The other thing is that to me, angles are needed. Um, I wanted to mention something about the you know, kind of why do we do angles? And I think yeah, they're needed because uh, this lack happens. You know, it, it doesn't, um, if we don't recommit to not slack enough, um, at least, you know, my experience is that we all do, and I certainly do, and, uh, and we all start kind of, you know, yeah, all right, and kind of, I got this and I got that. And so this new kind of rekindling of the practice is a needed thing. It's not just, uh, I mean, it's something we choose to do, but I also think it's needed. It's, it's actually, you know, what I notice is that after every angle, um, I, I have a deeper understanding of certain things and a breakthrough happens during every angle, even the angles that didn't went as I expected them to. Um, even those angles have like a better um, flow through them. So. Um, so those are my comments about those. I'm, I'm super happy, and I, I mean, since I have that some floor now, I'm very happy and very thankful about the workshops. I think they're phenomenal, um, and I, I did really don't understand what they are, which I love. I think you know it's going to be phenomenal to just engage with them and see what happens. You know, because uh, honestly, I don't. I mean. I don't understand what the art and whatever I'm going to be. That's fine. I mean, I think it's going to be phenomenal. And, um, and that's what I like about it. It's, it's, uh, it's the time that you guys, I can see the time already that you're putting into thinking how to make this something meaningful. And I'm very thankful for that commitment that you guys put together. I think you know, it's phenomenal. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, as we wrap it up, uh, when you look at your own uh, personal commitments, uh, what Erica mentioned, uh, work on, examine your life and ask, where am I not accepting? What am I not willing to accept? That should give you an idea of what you need to work with, right? If we, if we tie it together with the theme, what am I not accepting? whether it's the current, you know, the, the current state of my body, of my life, or my circumstances, uh, or the current state of things in the country, in the world, uh, or maybe it's just going back to impermanence, right? Which is the, the heart of it all. <clears throat> maybe that's what, that's, that's, uh, that's essentially what I am resisting. Maybe I'm not accepting of change. Maybe I am. At times I like it. Maybe not right now when summer is ending, fall is coming, winter is, is behind the corner. Right? Maybe that's what I need to learn to accept. Work with the winter. Work with what I don't like. Many, many ways to work on acceptance. Okay, so work with that. All right, so if you have not yet filled out the form, please do so. If after this discussion, you want to change the form, you want to increase time, you want to add a couple of things, feel free to do that and have it ready for next Sunday. There will be an email explaining 
uh, Zazenkai next Sunday and uh, what to expect and uh, the schedule. All I would right, like so, to say something about yeah, the form. Sure. I'm going to send an email right after this with the new link again. Um, the link that we're using for the form is in the uh, Shuso letter. The other one that had to erase it. So in case most of you, I already have like 20 responses, but some the ones that didn't do it yet, please go to that. But then again, I'm going to send a new email. So you have it again, the link that you go to. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all.